Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. Wayne Pratt here. If you enjoy The Gateway, take the next step and support us by going to stlpublicradio.org and making a donation. It takes just a minute and will help keep this daily news podcast possible, as well as all the in-depth news on our website and airwaves. Make a donation now at stlpublicradio.org donate. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, March 24th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Health officials are reporting the first COVID-19 deaths in St. Louis and in St. Charles County. In St. Louis, it's a woman in her 30s. In St. Charles County, a man in his 70s. St. Charles and Jefferson County officials are telling people to stay home to help stop the spread of the virus. It follows similar moves by St. Louis City and County. The decision also comes as officials announce three positive tests in Jefferson County for COVID-19. School closings in St. Louis City and County will now extend to at least April 22nd. Education leaders in those areas say the decision will keep districts in line with new stay-at-home orders. Doctors at St. Louis's hospitals are worried that an incoming flood of coronavirus patients will overwhelm the region's health system. The St. Louis region has more than 9,000 hospital beds. Nearly 750 of them are in intensive care units, and analysts say only 30% of those beds are available. More area publications are cutting back because of the impact of COVID-19 on advertising revenue. The Webster-Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word are stopping print versions. The Webster-Kirkwood Times plans to continue online at least through April. This follows a recent announcement by the Riverfront Times to suspend its print edition and lay off staffers. Here are the numbers. In Missouri, nearly 185 positive tests for COVID-19 are being reported. There are 90 cases in St. Louis County, 22 in St. Louis. State health officials are reporting at least four deaths. Illinois is approaching 1,300 positive results for COVID-19. That includes at least 10 in the Metro East. There have been 12 deaths in that state. A little later, our Jonathan All will report on a Missouri County's new program to help women in rural areas who are facing sexual and domestic violence. As we mentioned, a woman in her 30s is the first St. Louis resident to die of COVID-19. We have more on that from St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff. During a press conference, St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruzen expressed her condolences to the family of the woman who died. She says the case is not travel-related. Health officials do not yet know how the woman was exposed to the virus or who she came in contact with. Cruzen says the death shows even more reason for people to take social distancing seriously. This should be a wake-up call for all of us, particularly anyone who may still question whether or not this is a real thing, anyone who questions the gravity of this issue. The city's public health director said at the time of the announcement that 20 people in St. Louis had tested positive for coronavirus. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Charles County health officials are reporting a man in his 70s who had been hospitalized for COVID-19 is the first person there to die of the disease. Also, there are new restrictions in place in St. Charles County, essentially telling people to stay home if they possibly can. St. Louis hospitals probably will not have enough beds to treat coronavirus patients who need care. 
Researchers at Harvard University say the need for hospital space will depend on how many people are infected and how long this outbreak lasts. Keith Stark is Chief Quality Officer at Mercy Hospital St. Louis. He says residents in the city can prevent the virus from spreading by staying home and they can save crucial space in hospitals. If St. Louis had gone on about its business, I think we would have quickly seen the entire health system overwhelmed. And once you reach the point where capacity runs out, then it becomes really hard to control from that point on. Missouri State Medical Association officials are imploring Governor Mike Parson to issue a shelter-in-place order to keep a surge of patients from overwhelming Missouri's health care system. Groups seeking to get an issue before voters this year are facing a tough time gathering the necessary signatures because of coronavirus concerns. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, at least one effort may have started early enough to appear on the 2020 ballot. Getting tens of thousands of signatures to place a constitutional amendment or statutory change on the 2020 ballot is basically impossible right now, especially after state and local governments placed restrictions on public gatherings. But a group pushing for Medicaid expansion announced on Monday that it started early enough to collect the necessary signatures to get their measure before voters. The proposal would expand the health care program to people whose income is close to $18,000 a year. Organizations need to get more than 160,000 signatures to get a constitutional amendment, like the Medicaid expansion effort, on the ballot. The May 3rd deadline could sink other ballot initiatives that got a later start than the bid to expand Medicaid. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Work continues on some major construction projects in St. Louis, even though city residents are under a stay-at-home order from Mayor Lyda Cruzen. Crews are still on the site of one of the most high-profile developments. 100 is a 36-story apartment tower going up on North Kings Highway on the edge of Forest Park. Peter Castle is with Developer Mac Properties and says the project remains on schedule. We are working a pace to continue delivery this summer, but with the uh, rapidly changing environment, we just don't know what the coming weeks will bring. Castle says Missouri defines new residential construction as an essential service. Crews are following CDC guidelines to help stop the spread of coronavirus, including spacing themselves out on the job site. Women trying to escape domestic and sexual violence face plenty of barriers to getting help. The situation is amplified when it comes to women in rural areas. An agency in Pulaski County, Missouri, has developed a new program to deal with those problems. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan Ault reports the initiative is showing signs of success and receiving national attention. Genesis is a shelter in Waynesville that helps women escape domestic and sexual violence. While its service area includes Fort Leonard Wood and a county of more than 50,000 people, much of that area is rural. Megan Setter is a therapist at the shelter. When she arrived a few years ago, she noticed it was very difficult to connect with women in rural areas. Just for us as an agency, the amount of missed appointments and things like that, too, um, that were occurring just because people could not physically come in to get the services that they needed. Setter says in a small town or unincorporated area, it's harder for women to seek help because their abusers can keep closer tabs on them and intimidate them. So Setter started an online program where clients could talk to therapists, counselors, and staff members who could help them get away and be safe. But it turned out even having services online isn't always enough. 
Wendy Miller is dragging a laptop bag that she calls her mobile office into a business in a small town 130 miles from St. Louis. Three days a week, the rural victim advocate for Genesis visits different locations in the county and sets up in a back room or empty office. Having online service is only helpful if the clients can access the internet in a safe place. With spotty internet connections in rural areas, that's not always possible. So Wendy Miller takes the technology to them. If they can just get to me at the disclosed location, I have my computer, I have my laptop, I can set them up with therapy services through our therapist over the internet. Miller says those locations include businesses, doctor's offices, and health departments, places that won't arouse suspicion. All the places that we go to, I designed that they're very public places, that it's not going to look odd for them to go into it. So if their abuser goes by and sees them going into a health department, it's not weird. Miller is a lifelong Pulaski County resident and a 12-year survivor of domestic violence. She says connecting with women that need help in rural areas takes a special approach. We want to dress like them. We want to look like them. We want to meet them where they live. We don't want to walk in in our suits. We want to meet everybody exactly in the place that they are. And then they're going to be more apt to trust you and allow you to give them the help they need. The program has been running for a little more than a year, and Miller says she has helped more than 60 women get help to get away from their abusers. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence applauded Genesis for its work, and had the agency present its program at a national conference. Vicki Smith is the executive director of the Illinois Coalition Against Domestic Violence. She says rural agencies are under constant pressure to find ways to innovate because of the population they serve and a lack of funding. In urban areas, there's foundations, there's corporations, there's different access to money that our rural agencies don't have and they may find that they're running out of money pretty quickly if they're trying to be creative and do services in a different way. Genesis is running its rural program with grants of about $50,000 they hope to have renewed, as well as find other funding sources. The coronavirus outbreak forcing people to stay in close quarters is exacerbating domestic violence problems. But it's also adding to the attention Genesis is getting. With more and more restrictions on personal interactions, many organizations are looking at using online services. Megan Setter says she's ready to respond and share what they do. So we're getting a ton of calls about what we're doing. Um, and I'm actually probably going to record a training to be able to post and share with our coalition so other people that want to kind of implement this program right now, given the current situation, are able to do so. Genesis staff was planning to go to New Mexico to train rural providers there on using telehealth and roving staff, but it was canceled due to COVID-19 restrictions. Sutter says she hopes to reschedule that. And for now, Wendy Miller will keep rolling her mobile office around Pulaski County to help women in need. In Waynesville, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.